boy, Noiros. It is a hot day. I'm just going to guess that it's a hot one. I know I gave a weather ban a while back, but we're in the sweaty summer days now. Maybe we're lucky and it's just pouring right now. Maybe. That would that would be nicer, honestly. <laughs> any uh, any predictions, uh, weatherman Dan? I predict it's going to be a hot one. All right. Thank you very much. Now back to the news desk. You've got uh, reporter Joey here to Traffic. tell you. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of it. Lots of cars on the road. There really is. Always. I did my toes in a little Saturday traffic today. And, How'd that go? Uh, it, it was traffic. But it was doable. It was still a Saturday traffic is better than oh, yeah. most other traffic. So For sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some maybe some shore residual traffic or something like that. That that can suck. It, was a, it, it felt like a shore day today. Maybe I'm at the shore uh, when this comes out, or at least the weekend of. I hope so. Joey, go get to the shore, huh? We'll do a remote episode. Bring your bring your you know your laptop with you. It'll happen when when the Saturday comes when we go to the shore. It'll happen. We'll have to do a beach theme noir or one that predominantly takes takes place on a beach. I'll do it from the hot tub. Could do that. Yeah, that'd be an interesting episode. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, all this shore stuff is still like new to me. I've never you know it's it's weird access and and just living here and that that's a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just, you know, it's like I've lived here all my life, so I'm just so used to it. Like being like an hour and a half easy. Yeah, that, of course. That, that, you know, that far away, it's 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 an easy day trip I, to, to do. I remember it from like MTV Spring Breaks. That's when I would get to see like the shore of New Jersey. And of course, they made that show that uh, we shall not be named. But that's like North, that's like North Jersey shores. And that's completely. Were different. they both like that? No, I don't know. No. South Jersey, South Jersey. Well, did, did are, MTV are ever make it to South Jersey? I mean, some of those times, or was it just always like, "Hey, this is close enough to New York City." Like, yeah, I think it's that. I think it was just like proximity because they have a home base in New York. That, like, I, I think that was partly why. But yeah, this for whatever reason, they never really dipped that far down. Jersey's like, so funny go. because you guys like really you love to be individual and like be like South Jersey, North Jersey, and this one's better, but. To uh, us, to normal folk, y'all just look the same. You know that, right? It's all New well, Jersey. We're very territorial here, okay? You know what my favorite New Jersey joke is, Dan? What's that? It's a little blue, so here's where the explicit of the episode comes in. Okay. It's a George Carlin joke. It was in, I believe, one of his 80s specials. Okay. But he's in, he does it from New Jersey. He gets like dropped off from a cab and stuff. Mm-hmm. I believe he like it's one of his openers, but he says, and maybe you've heard this one before. <laughs> It's possible. He says, you like George Carlin? Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. He's all right. Okay, yeah. so we'll see if this one goes over then, knowing that you think he's all right. He said, uh, kiss her where it smells, take her to New Jersey. It's <laughs> pretty good. I think well, that's pretty clever. I think, well, I think for me, it's weird because my reference point for George Carlin is actually Shining Time Station because that was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. So you yeah. go from Ringo Starr. I accidentally brought up this segue and I, I like what you're saying there, but uh, I meant to pressure this on you for this episode. This Wednesday, uh, this will be too late for listeners, but of course they're already on board. But this Wednesday, the 9th uh-huh. of June is Bill and Ted Day. Okay. So known as Bill and Ted Day. George Carlin is in those movies. Yes, he is. Which was my point growing up with him until, of course, I saw his comedy and uh, he was in Dogma. Remember that? Yes, I do remember that. Speaking of New Jersey. Yeah, you you should watch him for Bill and Ted Day. I'd love to squeeze one of them out of you. All right, I'll see what I can do. Can I you think make I saw they were streaming. I, I think I actually saw that, that at least the first one was streaming somewhere, I think. So maybe I'll, okay. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. If not, I would be glad to uh, rush over my Blu-ray copy to you. Nice. 
I would love for this to happen. And if you could squeeze in all three, uh, we'd really be delighted. And I, I will do something special for you in return. Will you make me a cake? I, can, I will make you a cake, <laughs> something I've never really done before, but can maybe, figure maybe, out. No, maybe no, maybe don't, don't make me a cake, man. You want, what do you like, cookies? You want a treat? I'll just bring you like a bag of chips or something? Uh, let me think about it. I'll think about it. I'm going to give you a blank check, a copy you, of the movie Blank Check, before you go say, there. Maybe, maybe that should be the treat. All right, I will give you a copy of Blank Check. Do you have a copy currently? I don't. I wish All right. I did. I will get us two copies, and maybe we'll even do a bonus Blank Check episode. Only if Dan watches all three Bill and Ted movies. I like this. I like this. Okay. You don't have to watch all three on the on then, but you have to watch it before the next recording. Oof. And you have to watch the first one on Bill and Ted Day next Wednesday. Oof. Okay. This is quite a task. Okay. All right. I'll, let me see. I like this. The challenge is on. It's You're going to... And watching the first Bill and Ted, you'll find out why uh, it's, it's Bill and Ted Day. Okay. Though I'm sure the numbers in the day are leading you somewhere. I th- I'm All thinking right. about it, yes. <laughs> we'll, leave it, we'll leave it at that. I think I know um, what that is, yeah. But this will be fun. I'm looking forward to this, Dan. What a great challenge. All right. <laughs> I don't have more to say, yeah. I know. I'm looking for something. Uh, there was that segue. And if, oh, I'm going to say, I, I mentioned this on an earlier episode. One of my favorite TV shows, Mr. Inbetween, just came back. Mm-hmm. It's on FX, also FX on Hulu the next day. People should watch that. It's the last season, they already canceled it, which is a bummer, but it was a great show. I think fans of this would like it. You give it a shot, too, at some point. Cool. At, just give it one episode. You'll know. that. But, hey, if it's strong off of the first pilot episode, it's probably a good show because mm. most shows are garbage first episode. But that's I'm just so- something we have to, like, tolerate now is just like, oh, make it, like, two or three episodes before this is, like, something worth watching. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, sometimes it's, like, if you really want to try to commit to something, especially one that's been so hyped up to you, and you're, like, yep. And it's already so hard yeah. to make the time. You know, I'd rather be doing anything else. Right. Here we are. But I'm going to say, if you, you one, if you don't like it, a half-hour show, if you don't like it, that's fine. Move mm-hmm. along, sir. You've got other things to do. Yes. I think that's fair. Did you get a copy of your band's vinyl yet? No. Oh. Uh, I thought I saw you post the picture like it was yours, but it's not. Okay. No, that's the same picture that was <laughs> that I previously posted. Well, let's um, see if we'll post a picture on our social media if Dan gets a copy by the time this episode comes out. You got four weeks. I hope so. Let's see it. Let's get that mail out. Yeah, I've been meaning to message uh, the label about that and get some copies our way because, yeah, I feel like we need to get those, so... You know what I like about uh, giving tapes to you and like meets and stuff is like you guys are just right over the border. That's an easy. I don't have to go yeah. to FedEx or anything. Right. I'm right on it. Yeah, that's easy. So but when yeah. it's like halfway across the country, it's a little bit, a little bit tougher. Oh boy, it's tough to get that stuff out. I got to do two shipments too: one to Kansas for my fulfillment center, and then the other to the band. So yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not fun. The life of uh, fulfillment no. and labels and. The worst is when you deal with a, a band from overseas. Like I have a couple Australian bands. I have one in uh, France, I, b- I believe, coming up. So, yeah, that those are some pricey shipments. Oh, yeah. And it, it's gone up exponentially recently, I heard. Yeah. Ah, this is what people tune in for, huh? Griping about the mail. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and prices, you know, and prices inflating. Uh, and, the, and the weather and uh, ways to go places and yeah. how we know a better way than you do. We've really gotten to a, a boring low, I think, <laughs> at, at episode 26. Well, we're basically like, you know, you're coming into work and you're just chatting with us and we're just going to ask you those same things. How'd you get here? Oh, you should have mm-hmm. taken this route instead. Oh, yeah. but it's going to rain today. And now let all, me talk about stuff. 
myself and not ask any questions of you, which is probably for the best because what do we really have in common anyways? <laughs> you're, you're still talking about this hypothetical scenario at work, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I started watching the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh-oh. How's that going? Because Fast 9 is coming. There's been rumors. I believe the movie will be out by the time this comes out. But rumors okay. that they may be in space. So I'm I heard excited about that for too. that. But yeah, oh. just get get through these uh, first three are like such a slog. When they tried to be before? actual movies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I don't think I've really seen. Well, maybe. I Yeah, I haven't seen like Too Fast, Too Furious and Tokyo okay. Drift. Tokyo Drift, I don't think I've really seen any of beyond like two seconds on cable, like on mm-hmm. FX. Yeah. When they, when they got the movies. But really the first one I saw in theaters, unfortunately, and I hated it. <laughs> I've never seen any of those movies. Yeah, so after the first one, I tapped out, and I didn't watch them for many years, but then they kept coming out, and everyone got back together, and I kept hearing from people like that I trusted, like, these are fun movies, mm-hmm. and I checked it out, and yeah, once they stopped making it about like actual like drag racing, or like you know street racing, rather, and, and made them just superheroes with cars, it's been a blast. Yeah. It's just so over-the-top, ridiculous action movies that I can't recommend them enough. Just don't go in expecting a, like, a, a good movie, but you know. Yeah, that's getting, what I've heard. You're getting Kurt Russell, Helen Mirren, Charlize Theron. They're all popping up eventually in these things. Like Everyone wants to come and have fun. So Yeah, why not? Who are we to say no? Anything else to hype? I got one thing to hype, and then I'm, I'm ready to talk. Nope, I'm ready for your hype. By this time, a band I'm working with called The Freds has their first single out called Bed Rock and Roll. I like it. Or that's the album name. Wait, what is the song title? This is not good, Dan. We've only been working on this for 10 years, too. <laughs> These aren't even like new songs. Hunt If You Gather, pardon uh, me. Okay. That single has been released and the tape will be out on August 27th. Okay. We're very excited for that. Um, this features my friend Alex Schubert, who I know from the comics world. He does a comic called The Blobby Boys, which was a pretty big deal. And I actually had a hand in publishing the first issue back in the day. Wow. So we've had a long relationship and we've finally taken it to music. This is just garage punk. Every song is about the Flintstones. It comes with a comic from Alex. It's actually kind of a heartbreaking comic. Very beautiful. Touched my soul as a old man in the rock world, you know? So I'm excited. This is going to be a good one. It's good. I'm excited to collide these worlds of comics and and tapes that my two biggest interests and I finally get to put them together. That's great. I love it. And this was uh, Sludge People Tapes number three. I've been holding back on this for so long, so I finally get to fill this hole and have a complete catalog. So there's so many reasons to be excited for this one. Definitely. But yeah, Alex really killed it on the art. Like as a tape, it's going to look phenomenal. Can't recommend it enough. And we got a t-shirt bundle out too. The pre-order is up. Pocket t-shirt. We love pocket t-shirts here on the podcast. The pocket cast, as they say. Yep. Big fans. Big fans. I, I'm sure we'll come out with some pocket tea. We've been talking about a pocket tea at some point we just got to figure out what it is yeah we got to think of some good uh some good other text for it too i think we have to either come up with a saying or use i, a mean, saying I feel like we, we could put a little here's the crime right yeah i mean that 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 would be the i think the obvious choice that's true but if you guys have a suggestion the real out of the podcast at gmail.com maybe we'll just make it that right put the email address on there either that or we get meets to draw like a giant face of robert mitchum and put that on the back there you go <laughs> maybe, maybe that that's what it needs to be <laughs> It can happen. Yeah. We'll put him on the spot. Do you think we'll get him on the show at some point? Possibly. Yeah, I, I don't know how. I feel like at one point it. we kind of discussed like an October guest star galore when we get into the spookier movies. So yes. maybe, that'll, maybe that'll happen. Yeah, maybe during that timing, yeah. 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we've heard enough from him in our lives, you know? I don't know. I've, I, I don't think I've ever heard enough from him. <laughs> so I don't know if he's heard the podcast yet. He, I know he wanted to listen to it at work, but uh, Newell wanted to watch the movies first. So. Sure. Which I appreciate. But then yeah, I, I think that's like fair. You're not going to hear this show. <laughs> it's tough. You know, it's tough. If you're not doing it. And I'm sorry to all the people that don't know these people. <laughs> Our listeners are going to be like, who are these people talking about? Well, that's why they need to guest star, right? Yeah, exactly. We'll introduce them at some point to you. It's true. But how about in the meantime, we introduce a movie called Crisscross from 1949. Yes, I, I would like to do that. Yes. I got the blue right here. Got that. Now, too. this is a, a Shout Select, the classy releasing arm of Shout Factory. For the um, non-horror type stuff, because, I mean, I feel like they're known a lot for the Scream Factory side of things now, but... That's Shout true. But they also did a lot of like stuff. Yeah. TV shows on DVD too. Like I have Hill Street sure. Blues from them. Um, they did Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. All in the Family. I know they did a set of that. I need to get at some point. It's very mm-hmm. expensive. Yeah, very yeah, they, expensive. They, they, they do. They, they've been doing a, a lot wider range, which is cool. Like I think they've really kind of branched out, and even into film noir, as we, as with this and some of the Veronica Lake ones they've done, and. Yeah, yeah. They, they definitely kind of branched out in some different uh, avenues. I was surprised to see them, that this was from them, but I was very excited, and they, they did a great job. The print on this, it's a 4K restoration yes. from looks the great. original nitrate negative, and it, it looks phenomenal. This is one yeah. of the best-looking movies I think we've done. Yeah. So I was actually thinking about that as, as it was starting up, because it's been a little while since I watched it, and I was looking at the title card on the screen when the, when the title comes up, and I was like, wow, that looks crisp. Yeah, oh, like, even I, the I, universal yeah, pictures like, yeah. look really good yeah it's a crisp print just flawless sound yeah the whole thing you really get to enjoy this one it's like you're watching a maltese falcon or something of that yeah or falcon excuse me <laughs> i forgot how to speak for a second damn i so, yeah, like I, I did a great job falcon, i was glad to see him i always say falcon with millennium falcon falcon not anymore like, not anymore it's all falcon all the time baby <laughs> sounds good so Crisscross was released February 4th, 1949 from Universal Pictures. It was directed by Robert Seward Mack, German director, I believe. I think it's Seidmach, I think. Is Seidmach? Exactly Thank I think, you. Yeah, I think it's how he pronounces it. You yeah. know you're always welcome to interrupt me with the correct pronunciation. Yes. Uh, I'm kind of like George Costanza when he tries to spell uh, people's last names and, and he, he like gets them right. He's like, yeah, I've got a knack for it. Give me, give me a last name. Perfect. Well, you're welcome to take over this aspect of the show, Dan. No, no, I, I think just, just, you know, just my only contribution can be, you know, making sure I get the names, name pronunciations. That's, it's a very noble contribution. <laughs> Thank you. Sc- screen, I'm, I'm going to blow a couple on purpose just to get you in here. Oh, boy. Uh, screenplay by Daniel Fuchs. And it was based off, that was, that, that was a real one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I, I'm pretty positive on Fuchs. And it's based off of the novel from 1934, Crisscross by Don Tracy. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Great, great, great cast, movie. good movie. You got a trifecta. I'm, I'm going to say, that I'm not a huge Burt Lancaster fan. Really? I don't, I don't hate him, but there's just always something like missing from him. Interesting. No, because I, I, I like him. I, I prefer I like him. him in his westerns, I think, mm-hmm. more than these. But yeah, just, just don't love him, but don't hate him. He does a great job in this and, yeah. and the killers, which we'll get to, which was... And Fruit Force, I think he's good too. Yep. Which I'm sure we'll get to as well. Brute Force also will reunite with Yvonne DiCarlo. Yeah, and then uh, Sidemock directed The Killers. The Killers, yeah, which so was Bart Lancaster's yeah. film debut. Mm-hmm. Not the first filmed, but the first one released. There you go. There's not a lot of fun facts with this one, so. 
we got to keep sprinkle them in when we can. This whole thing was very sparse. We had to delay the recording of this episode just to fill out the Wikipedia, which was just bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it was not very good. God forbid someone wants to follow along, but yeah, no excuse for a movie of this caliber to have such a bad Wikipedia write-up. So uh, for the fans out there, please give an edit. If you do an edit, we'll send you a sticker. Yeah, I think it's interesting that I think this movie's so good and has everything that you'd want in film noir, but it's surprising to me almost in a way that it's not more highly touted. You know, when you hear like, you know, in the pantheon of so? these movies. I, I don't think this was one of the earliest ones I saw because I felt it was highly touted. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't normally see this name as like one of the, at least in the top 10, like when you see it. See, I was going like, to say like, yeah, like yeah. the top 25, probably you see it on that yeah, list. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Oh, I, I, like I it, think it, for sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll find you a list, sir, and send it to you. It's going to be a list that you wrote up. <laughs> it's going to be uh, in crayon and letters. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. You know how I make lists, Dan. What am I going to do? Use Letterboxd? But yeah. <laughs> I'm You're thinking about Letterboxd, letterbox, aren't you? I totally threw me off track. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. I'm sure what I was saying was not important. Well, I, I think, like I said. I, oh, I mean, yeah. I, because we're talking about the Pantheon. Yeah. Oh, I, I oh think, boy. Good edit. I think, yeah, I think I, it's up there. Because, yeah, I would say this was probably like in the like 10th top 10 like noirs that i first saw like it was oh. like it was a very early watch okay i think it was, i think it was partly because i i saw this a little bit later on i feel um, like this one like doa like these are like ones that come up like a ton and then as on top of you know like a gun crazy out of the past of course Maltese Falcon. you know i'm not you know the movies but yeah th- there's just like those that come up and yeah i felt like this one would kind of come after you get like a list of like double indemnity and stuff it would right. be like right after that top 10 because especially you know it's critics making lists and I, because it is such a great movie well acted well shot just a great plot moves along there's a lot in it and it's only like an hour 27 or something like that yeah no i, I think yeah everything works well and and yeah everything's important to the movie it, it feels i think like people i've seen it are are, are yeah. talking about it i mean this was kind of one i almost wanted to hold off on because it felt like too obvious and like we would get to it. Mm-hmm. But here I'm, we are. I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did it. Really? Well, I felt like you were very, you, you were not glad we were here. No, I am. No, I, oh, sorry, I, I, I like this yeah. movie a lot. No, I do. You seem ecstatic over there. You seem like giddy, like a little, little boy licking a lollipop, a big old lollipop. I wish. I wish I had a giant lollipop. <laughs> yeah, those are good. One of the big swirl ones. My roommate Sam got some, like a box, like a huge box of Tootsie Pops. That's oh, in I was the just going to say, I, I loved those when I was a kid. It's a good move. We're grabbing from it all the time, and, and they're, they're wonderful. What was your favorite? What's your Shout favorite Shout out one? to Sam. I know Sam actually is a listener, and thank you for the, the Tootsie Pops. He, I hope you like this one. This one's for you, Samuel. <laughs> Do you have a favorite flavor? Um, Probably like a cherry. Okay. I, I'm a big or orange grape. fan, actually. Orange is great, too. Yeah. 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 A lot Ooh. of good options. Yes, all right. Indeed. Good night, everybody. <laughs> great episode <laughs> so we're gonna open this movie it's already in progress which is very cool yes you, you're very very confused but you're going along with it you figure it out as we go along mm-hmm. it's the night before the heist we got steve thompson who's played by Burt Lancaster, and then we have anna dundee who's played by yvonne DiCarlo. They sneak out of the nightclub and they talk about how nervous they are and also how anxious they are and excited about what's about to happen. Um, Great shot, by the way, of the opening shot where the camera kind of like 
zooms in on like a plane or something like that. I don't know how they did that, but there's a lot of cool camera yeah. work in this one. It, it you notice it, just like very tiny tracking shots and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, these two they actually used to be married, but they broke up. Uh, very complicated relationship, as we're gonna get into. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of thoughts about this, and I'm curious about you as well, Dan. I, I, this is almost like the most relatable noir in a sense because you know you're dealing with like an old love, you know. Yeah, the dynamic is very interesting in this in this movie. Like, just like the, especially among the three principal characters, like mm-hmm. you know, more specifically about obviously Burt Lancaster and Yvonne DiCarlo. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely yeah. I, I like the personal relationships in this in this film particularly. Like that's that's I think is one of the big allures of this film. Yes, and there's a lot of allures in this allures. film. I think yes. We have Slim Dundee, which let's get it out of the way. Greatest name in noir. Yes. And he's, the, he's, I believe, is he the father of Crocodile Dundee, do you think? Do you think he's related to him at all? I believe uh, grandfather, actually. Grandfather, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's probably more accurate. And you can see why. He just seems like a very uh, swashbuckler and adventurer, you know? <laughs> you ever see Crocodile Dundee? Oh, I have. It's been a while. You like, but you like it? I did it at the time, but I saw it when I was younger, so I don't really remember. I always just think of the line with, like, the, no, that's, no, that's a knife. That's a knife. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, a knife. that's a knife, yeah. That's, like, the one thing I always remember, as I feel like most people do. But, no, it's been a while. I know that there was they released one recently. I think that was, like, a Netflix movie, like, a, like another sequel. Well, I know they, now. like, did that, like, commercial thing, too. Like, that was, like, like an ad for Australia, and it had, like, Danny McBride as Crocodile Dundee. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't. I don't remember that. I have to watch that. Yeah, I mean, you YouTube it. It was like, yeah, yeah, definitely like a travel thing. Oh, Chris Hemsworth was in it too. Oh, interesting. He's from, he's from Australia, you know. Uh, I did know that. Yeah, <laughs> I heard uh, Paul Hogan. Right, that's who it, that is, right? Yes, it is. Yep. I heard he's a real dick. <laughs> is he? I heard he sucks. Oh. Yeah, he he famously sucks. Oh. There's a lot of sequels to that movie. There are. He goes to LA at one point or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, we really just kept having him come back to the States, huh? Yeah. Couldn't I mean, get, I couldn't get enough, I guess. I mean, I think by that point, like that fish is just completely out of water. Is it even a fish at that point? Yeah, that's a good it, point. It's one of us. Thank you, Dan. Yes. Who's play, Who's Slim Dundee played by Dan? Dan Durier. Durier! <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of. I know you're, you're still on the fence about but he was just okay and too late for tears. We got another another uh, one from the gang trying to get us back together. Although I'm ragging on too late for tears too still, but uh, my movie is actually now the least successful movie of our podcast, The Naked Kiss. Oh. Nobody wants to listen to that episode. It's interesting. I see a little look on your face. You're happy to have given the crown over to me. That's fine. I, I hope I hope it's not uh it's not my well, I guess if they haven't listened to it, they don't know my take on it. So I think they probably <laughs> tuned out. They were like, oh, Dan yeah. doesn't like it. We rely on his opinion. That's why we're yeah. here. Maybe. Well, shame on you, Sam. <laughs> we'll see what you say about Bill and Ted, and this is really where okay. we'll find what the audience thinks about you. That's fair. It is fair, as you'll see. Come back next week. We're going to keep hyping next week's episode, a very special episode. Hey, here's another fun fact, though. We're not. We officially are, did a half year of these, Dan. Yes. We need, Congra- we need like congratulations. A, a, a clapping uh, golf soundtrack. Clap, yeah. I'll, I'm clap. going to insert the golf clap clip of uh, Men at Work right here. Yes, please do. Done. Golf clap. Golf clap. Golf clap. 
one yeah. one day one day we'll we'll cover that movie. That'll be a bonus episode for yes. at some point for sure. Neo Noir. <laughs> because that's a movie too where it's just like that needs to be covered because not enough people have seen it. Yes. And no I, I don't know how many people have covered it, if at all, but it needs Because to be this is my fear of Neo November. Yeah. There's too many to choose from. There's that and also just like I feel like a lot of people have covered some of the movies we would choose from. I don't wanna keep doing fish in a barrel if we're gonna be breaking sure. format. I also think, Dan that we should release them as bonus episodes. Okay. So we'll, we're going to, I say we double up and double up. Okay. Yeah. That could be interesting. Even if we, you and I just record like a full day of podcasts and then just break them up and release Mar- them. marathon day yeah. of recording. I mean, you know, the four movies we choose are not going to be hard to marathon because we love them. Yeah, I think that could be interesting if if we did shorter episodes, like if if they were maybe it'd be like, like half when we did episodes. our double indemnity right, right. episode, where yeah, it'd be less. I mean, but we've been getting shorter too. You know, we're we're in a good place time wise. I feel like we're that's maybe that's why the listenership's going up, huh? Yeah, we finally learned to shut the fuck up. Let's, um, let's talk more rock, right? There you go, <laughs> baby. And you know who brings the rock? Durye. He does in this movie. Slim Dundee. I, I, I agree He's that I, think I like him more. I think I like him more in this movie. I do He's, like him in this movie perfect in this pitch perfect yeah he he definitely too late for tears did him wrong too late for tears did everybody wrong because we already learned elizabeth scott was way better in pitfall Mm -hmm. but duryea also was like i'm gonna take this baton and fucking run with it and it's called crisscross this guy (laughs) is terrifying in this movie yeah this is cadence everything about him is so good he this guy he's a pro at playing villains so you know yeah and, in- and I've heard, and I've always heard that he's like the exact opposite in real life. That he was like the most nicest, gentle person you would ever meet in your life. That was pretty much the case for all these guys, except for uh, DiCarlo. She was a a Republican. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. We'll we'll get into that audible thumbs down at the end. But <laughs> there'll be enough cool people to clean up that mess. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, so he's looking for his wife. We're still in the future. Thank you for letting us digress, everybody. Yeah. I think I just realized how long that digression was. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's looking we? for his wife, and hey, that wife is actually Anna, and she already headed back into the club. And mm-hmm. Slim's asking her a lot of questions about where she was. Then we cut to Steve. He's heading back in. And then we meet a guy. His name is Detective Lieutenant Pete Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And that's played by Stephen McNally. And he says, hey, don't go back inside, man. Nothing good is waiting for you in there. But Steve heads in anyways the, into this room where there's a private party with Slim and a whole gang of folks we're going to meet later on. Also at the bar, you get to see some really great characters. You get the bartender, Frank, who's played by Percy Helton. Mm-hmm. And then the greatest character of this movie, probably, this drunk woman, played by Joan Miller, who is credited as just the lush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she's in it a lot. You know, I mean, she's great. Film, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very interesting just to see, like, a, a drunk woman, you know, to, to see that flip. and She probably never leaves. She's always there. Yeah, no, she's she's got that bar stool. She's great. She's, she offers a lot of laughs when we need them. And just, yeah, her and the bartender have a nice rapport. Those were two great characters. Mm-hmm. So Pete goes into that room, and there's, there was a fight going on between everybody. I mean, really, just everyone against Steve. And mm-hmm. a knife is even dropped. Yes. So things were getting dirty, but nobody saw anything, of course. And of course. so we can't bust Dundee, which is why Pete was going in. Someone goes up to him and is like, hey, you've been wanting to bust Dundee. Get yeah. in there now, but too late. Everything seems to be in shambles and the gang's wondering if they should even do this heist anymore. But it's the chance of a lifetime. We even got six figures slim. 
so they decide to make up Steve and everybody, and Steve and Dundee, really. And they say, let's go for it. Well, I mean, they made it sound like it was a little bit staged, too. Like, they, like, like it went a little bit further than I think they had planned. Like, I think they had somewhat planned to do this because the, the idea was well, they, they were setting up- taking advantage. When they were saying, should we still do this? They're saying, that, like, no, 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 this is perfect because now the cop thinks that we would never be in it with him. Right. You know, they just worked it to their advantage, but I don't think they actually planned it. Because this was one of the rare opportunities, as we'll find out, that Steve and Anna can break off and, and be together and plan things out. Well, I thought, see, that, see, that would that would confuse me because that what I was thinking was this was all part of the plan because they were setting up the fact that this was a party for Dundee to be going to Detroit and and, and basically create an alibi for him. So right. I thought it was part of the ruse that you know they're not doing that, that part. That's not you're saying that's not, not really the fight to that? was not part of that. Yeah, no, the fight okay. just they happened to work to their advantage. I actually just watched this movie before coming in, so I'm an expert okay. at this point now, Dan. Okay. So they stopped the fight. We're moving on. There was one line that I liked that was, uh, that's the ticket. That's the ticket. That's the way to be. Boys, excuse me, but I got a date with my baby. <laughs> good baby in there. Yes, absolutely. But that was uh, just a true baby, as the good ones are. So they also need to get rid of a third truck driver for this armored truck that Steve is a part of. He works for it. We'll get more into that. But on the night of the heist, or the day of the heist, rather, um, he fakes a call from Bailey's wife, that's the driver, saying that she's sick and that she needs him. So he ends up leaving and the, the two men head off in the truck. And the guy in the back, who's not Steve, he doesn't like uh, Pops, right? Yeah, Pops. Pops, yeah. Pop, yeah. He doesn't like it. He's, he's against protocol. This whole thing doesn't feel Fishy, right. Yeah. yeah. They're like, hey, what are we going to do? You want to stop and call and be late? And he decides, no, 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 let's just move it on and... Then we go into Burt Lancaster's head. He's thinking, about, oh, everything's going to be great. I'm going to be reunited with Anna. And then we get a nice little fade-in. There's no flashback. They got some great fade-ins to these flashbacks yes. and flash-forwards of just passing out, all that stuff. Yeah, well like added. Narration, yeah, the narration's great, too. I, narration's I, yeah. great. Been 10 minutes, and we're finally flashing back, saying, what the hell is going on? Yeah. This is not a confusing movie. I don't mean to say it. Like, it's not like a Maltese Falcon. Everything makes sense the whole time. But yes, you're like, can I have a little context for why we're doing this crime? I right. get that these two people love each other, but why don't you tell us about it? Right. So yeah, I think I think it's interesting. I think, you know, they use it in an interesting way because it's like they do drop you in right away and go for a little bit of time into the actual plot of what, what the actual, I wouldn't call it like a red herring, but what the actual, you know, whole plot of, of what they're, they're doing as far as the heist goes. Right. And then they take you out of it and say, okay, now we're going to give you the backstory. Yeah, no, it was great. It's, it's, it's a nice structure. Yeah. So Steve Thompson, he just headed back home to Los Angeles. Been all over. He's been all over. He left town. He's been gone for, you know, almost two years. Mm-hmm. Or it has been two years, rather. So he's been, just been trying to get over his divorce. It's been taking him a while, but he finally feels up for it. Although, I don't know if I believe that. Do you, Dan? No. Not at all. No. Because he says he didn't come back for her, and then immediately he just goes right to that nightclub. Yeah, he starts looking for her, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Here's where you meet the new bartender, Frank, you know, or new to him, rather. Yes. Because he's just like, he comes in just being like, hey, what's going on? It's me, guys. And it's like, you haven't been here in forever. Like, what are you talking about? No one knows who you are. Yeah, chill, dude. You weren't even, like, that famous when you were here. Because he's talking about yeah. the old crowd, the old crowd that was there. Yeah, he's like, like, does the old, old crowd, crowd still come in? What are you, yeah, who, who are you and who is the old crowd? Like, very presumptuous. Yeah. So, naturally, Frank and the Lush, who we're meeting, even though we've met, 
they accuse him of being a checker or like a state liquor investigator. Yeah. And Steve runs into Pete. He seems to be in better spirits in the past. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, nothing bad happening now. Steve says he's at, come back and he's actually after his old job at the, at the armored truck company. And he's helping his family around the house. His brother's about to get married. Mm-hmm. And he pretends that he's not there for Anna the whole time. And he ends up heading off with Pete. So then we meet the family. What do you think of this bunch? I think they were all right. I think the dynamic was good with the brother and his fiance and like some of the talk when they were after dinner and stuff like that. And that and Irish he, guy he did, talking about pinching. Yes. <laughs> and to put I, the I subtitles it, on for that one. Oh yeah, exactly. He had to try to understand what he's saying, but I, I like the, that like he tries to, he, he's like kind of really being aloof. Like, like Steve, I think he's really trying to say like, Oh, like why don't you go to the movies with him and stuff like that. And he's just like, no, nah, I'm just gonna sit around. Like, you know, he, like he's pretty much absorbed by, I think trying to, delve into the past a bit and try to find Ivana Carlo to maybe, I don't know, patch things up, but just, I think he just really wants to see her. I think he wants to patch things up. I think that's yeah, his head. I, I think so too. But. He has a motive. I don't think he's there just to be like, hey, how's it going? Maybe we could be pals. It's, he's, yeah. even though he's playing it like that and he says it like that, but he's just so transparent with his mm-hmm. actions. So yeah, we find out that it was two years ago that they were married and they were only married for seven months and he's, he was super obsessed. Yeah. So he heads back to the bar again, and this time she's there. And fun fact, she's dancing with Tony Curtis in his I, first I role. I read that. Yes, that's, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize that until I was reading about it. And he actually landed this role simply by walking through the Universal lot where he was spotted by the director who asked him if he could dance. Wow. And yeah. he could. <laughs> what a dancer. Those moves. Yeah, that was, that was fun to see. It's, this is so many weird cameo, like little cameo first time things in these as we're learning. Not as good as Rodney Dangerfield, though. No, I was going to say, I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, I was like, not much really tops that. I don't know, that's, that's tough. And, and, and not having seen, having seen that movie in particular many times and never knowing that was mind-blowing yeah. to me. Like, I never, I never knew that. No, and once you know he's there, it's like, it's all you're ever going to see. right there, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of dancing and music for a while, but eventually Anna turns around and sees him, and she seems glad to see him. Oh, Steve, if you knew how many times a day I think of you, how are you? When did you get back? Why didn't you answer my letter? And they reminisce about the old times, talking about all the, the fights that they had and the making up, which was Anna's favorite part of the relationship. This is a nice yep. scene. Yeah, I do um, like that, yeah. All the fun we used to have in this place, Steve, remember? All the good times we had together. Yeah. And all the fights. <laughs> the fights we had. Boy, we sure used to go round and round. What did we ever have to fight about anyway? It was crazy. We were in love, weren't we? Well, I guess you can't fight with anyone unless you really like them. Wouldn't be much fun, would it? And then we'd make up. Yeah, we'd make up. Those were the times, weren't they, Steve? That was the best part, I think. The making up part. Then here comes old Slim Dundee. Spoils the party. It's fun meeting people that you've already met already, you know? Yes. But yeah, he does. He comes in hot and he's like saying to Steve that that's his seat that he's sitting in. So Steve and Anna just agree to meet up later and he takes off. Then we cut to the armored truck office and Steve's getting the job. No problem. And Pop says, Pip, Pip, which made me think of Batman 66 when um, <laughs> Commodore Schmidlap says that to the Joker. And then the Joker goes, oh, Pip, Pip. And then he's laughing. And um, that's the first time I ever heard that. And, you know, fun fact, this will not be our last reminder of Batman 66. Really? As we'll, as we'll get to, Dan. I, I do want to mention, I did have one thing I wanted to mention about this. 
that about I was the Joker. That, oh, okay. No, not about the Joker. About about the armored car place in particular, because the layout of that of that place is fascinating. Because you have the locker room, and then somehow you're supposed to believe that there's this giant open window that, you, <laughs> that people could basically see into them getting changed. And then there's also a pool table in there as well. <laughs> like I, I was fascinated by it. I think um, we both put in our applications to the armored truck place yeah. immediately after watching this, just seeing that layout. That's a cool time. Yeah, I think if you're yeah, you an see ex- those exhibitionist like, that likes to play the billiards. The firemen offices and stuff, you know, they they seem okay. But, you know, you got the pole, you got to slide down. It's like, no, no, no. I want to show myself dick and balls naked, playing pool, yeah, whipping wet towels with the boys. <laughs> yeah, very bizarre. Very, very bizarre. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to make mention of that. Pip pip, Dan. Pip pip, indeed. <laughs> we got to say pip pip more. <laughs> pip pip. Maybe that was that something be, people that, that said. That'd be our new intro. That, that'll be our new in- intro. We'll do pip pip. Pip pip. We could throw. Maybe that's in the middle. You know, every okay. good story needs a beginning, middle, and end. You know, that's true. We will find a way to throw pip pip into every episode. Can you find it? Yes, it's like where's Waldo. Yes, or uh, where's Wally? Isn't that his name overseas? Where he comes from? I don't know. It's only us that has it as Waldo. Oh, is it? Yeah, and he doesn't come from here, so ah. we're, we're the fucking morons. I'm learning all sorts of things. Yeah, welcome to the show, Dan. <laughs> Thanks. That's why I'm here, to learn. Or should I say, oh, welcome to the show. Yes. So Anna calls Steve, and they meet up. Where, where would you say they are? Is like a... What part are we talking about now? Are we talking you about know, the movie? <laughs> yeah, Anna calls Steve. They meet up at like that, like, I almost want to say like a convenience store or something. Oh, it's pharmacy. 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 Yeah, because it's a pharmacy, but it has like the, 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 the soda counter. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So he's salty the whole time and she's defensive, but she says, hey, I made the first move. Uh, and she seems to be trying to make up with him. I think um, this was a cute scene, though. I like, I like this the, their banter back and forth that she's leaving. As he says, finally, he just kind of gives in. It's like it almost seems like he has no interest. He's saying, "Oh, let's go swim. I'm going swimming tomorrow. If you want to go." I thought they had great chemistry throughout yes. all the scenes when they were together. I, I was, I loved it. it was yeah, great, great stuff. I think especially with out of like all these noir movies, this is one of like the better love stories. Which mm-hmm. love is questionable, but I mean, it's it's very honest, you know. Yes. Yeah, we'll get deeper into the emotions soon enough. They even talking about getting married again and it's going nowhere. She storms off. And then you're like, like you're saying, Steve runs after her and says, you know, Hey, come on, don't get with Dundee. Let's go swimming on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He's getting ready to go to the club again. And he's talking with his mom. Who's trying to get him off of Anna. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still a kid though. He voted for two presidents. what do you think of that line, Dan? I thought that was good. And I was in my head. I was trying to do the math of how old th- that they're supposed that's to make him out. And that's why I was like that. He's, he's a young pup. Yeah, I was going to say, he definitely feels like he's he's older than that. And I know he was older than that in the movie. I feel like I voted for like 10 presidents at this point. <laughs> you know, it does feel like, well, and that's the thing too. It's like, you know, if there were multiple terms at that point, well, I guess, yeah, I guess you'd still have to vote for him, obviously. So yeah, I guess that makes a little sense. Well, yeah, multiple, t- no, I'm with you. Yeah, just trying my to do first, the logic in my head. My first vote was uh, when Nickelodeon held the vote. With Stick Stickly? <laughs> I, maybe, but I remember, well, it was when um, Bob Dole was up. And oh. uh, Perot against Clinton. Yeah, they had like an election where you call like an 800 number to vote and the kids would vote. Kids' choice. Kid, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was my first election. <laughs> wow. I remember also like we had to go to like the town hall that year and did like a fake election where they showed us how to use the voting booths and like they let us do it, but then threw out the votes. But it was, they were voting was real hot that year. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it was... Very, uh, it's interesting. It's probably more fun than it's ever been again. 
Yeah, because now it's like especially now that they're taking away like you know water and donuts in line. Yeah, although I've I've never seen that in any polling place I've been to. So I never did till I moved to Philadelphia and actively was a voter here. Oh, I saw there's a lot of Dunkin' Donuts boxes these last couple. The perks of living in Philadelphia, I guess. Ooh yeah, baby. Lots of donuts. <laughs> That's what we're famous for. The yes. donuts. So yeah, his mom doesn't like Anna and she even called Pete and they're both worried. They don't like what happened to him, Steve, before when they got married and broke up. I mean, clearly it's still affecting him and eating yeah. away at him. So yeah, she tried to plot something with Pete and we'll find out more about that later. So he leaves. He's like, I'm going to the club anyways. And this is a part I liked where she throws the handkerchief at him. And she says, here, go wipe your nose. <laughs> <laughs> so rad. Mom was great. So he heads to the club. And then we see there's some trouble. And the waiter's talking to uh, Frank, the bartender. And there's some trouble with the table. And it was it had to be given away. They don't want to seat one person there. But why would one person be there? That's because Anna actually went off with Slim Dundee to get married out of yes. nowhere. They had plans to go to the go swimming to the beach and... She goes off and gets married, Dan. That's cold-blooded. Yeah. So a month goes by. He's trying to forget about her. He's at a train station thinking about leaving. He's buying cigarettes. The guy is looking for cigarettes. They're sold out at the moment. And when he's bent over, he sees Anna and they make eye contact. She's with Dundee at the train station. And it seems like they're leaving. But when he's outside again, he sees her. And it turns out she was just seeing him off. Mm -hmm. She tries to brush him off. And she's like, oh, I can't have Vincent, the driver, can't see you, you know, with me. But then Vincent rolls up and he's just like, oh, yeah, like, I, I could care less. I got to take this car somewhere. The his boss needs it somewhere Vegas. else. So, go, yeah, go take a cab. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny to me where it's just like blew up in her face completely. That guy, too, reminded me of, uh, what was his name, Al from Happy Days? A little bit. Al Molinaro. <laughs> yeah, he had a couple mannerisms every now and then. He was like, eh, that'd be fun. Yeah. So she lost her ride, so she ends up getting a ride with Steve, and they end up going back to her place, I guess? Yeah, yeah. probably, because Dundee left town. Yeah, it's her place, yeah. And she's smoking and playing piano, and he's like, so why'd you get married? Yeah. <laughs> what happened here? I thought we were going to go swimming and get back together. And she says that actually, hey, your buddy Pete came to me and told me to leave L.A. He threatened me. He said he'd bust me and frame me if he has to. Mm-hmm. And so she freaked out and married Dundee, who had been after her the whole time, forever. But then horrible um, to her, too. I mean, she shows, like, the scars that she has and stuff like that. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, she her. tries to make it seem like she's happy, but then she breaks down and shows the bruises. And th- yeah. those were good good bruise makeups, I gotta say. Yeah. It was very effective. So, yeah, Dundee, piece of shit. We had a feeling that was the case, but now it's confirmed. And Steve doesn't take this news too well. He's back at the club, and he is getting hammered with the lush and Mm-hmm. <laughs> which was a great scene of those two together. Mm-hmm. Bad day at the races. How did you guess? No kidding. Did I do it right? Right on the head. I can size a person up like that. You know everything, too. Is that it? I didn't quite say that. See, everybody's got their own individual problem. I can always spot it. You people got a gift. Well, I'd call it intuition, rather. Size Frank up for me. Hey, what is this anyway, an inquisition? Go ahead, you're a sizer-upper. Size him up for me. What's his problem? Fallen arches. Say, what are you getting at anyway? You've got nothing to worry about. You know everything. I didn't say that. 
You people got intuition. Look, mister, I'm sorry you lost at the races. I, I know what it's like myself, but, well, you shouldn't ought to bet if you can't afford to lose. I'll bet anything I like. Pete shows up, and he's like, yeah, that, I, I did actually say that I'm going to set up Anna. I want her to fuck off. She ruined your life. I'm your friend. And Steve didn't like that, so he throws a drunken punch at him, and it does not work. Very effective, though. Lancaster played a good drunk. I'll give him that. Yes. He does a good everything. I, I just don't love the guy. That's all. Okay. I like I him like- in Atlantic City. Have you ever seen Atlantic City? No. Uh, Louis Maul film, 1980, so definitely later. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, he basically plays like an aging, like old gangster in Atlantic City when like Atlantic City is like decrepit. And it's just, it's awesome. It's really- That's interesting. Yeah, high, highly recommended. Uh, he still thinks he's like kind of like a little bit of a big shot, but he's not is really- Is that with Susan Sarandon? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah, yes. I'm familiar with it. Highly recommended. Very, very good. Very underrated. That's one I've been, it's not on Blu-ray, it's on DVD, but I've been trying to campaign- Say for, it out, Dan. We're putting it yes. out in the ether. This Put is how stuff now. gets made. I feel like I, I looked it up recently and I feel like somebody had the rights to it that could potentially put it out, like that could do Blu-ray of it. I mean, I was, I was hoping, I mean, I feel like it, it was even in the class of maybe like Criterion could possibly put out just because based on the star power, it's Louis Maul. Oh well, yeah, the director, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's all shot on location in Atlantic City and, and Philly and stuff like that. So it's yeah, interesting. very good. We'll check it out. Yep. So yeah, then Anna ends up going to Steve's house, trying to figure out what they're going to do. You know, they got to try to run off together or something. Mm-hmm. Then they hear the fridge close and they're like, what's that? And then they see Dundee's henchman holding a ton of beers. Yep. He says, come on down and join us. And then there's the living room with the whole gang there. Mm-hmm. And Dundee looking pissed. That's, I love that scene. I love the, the eeriness oh, yeah. of it, the reveal. The so framing's perfect. great with the people when, when, when you know, because you kind of see them through other people. Like, I would say behind, framing yeah. all throughout this movie is one of the highlights of it. Uh, the director is just a, a genius at framing. There's, yes. there's some good stuff in it. Steve has to act fast and figure out, yeah, what am I doing here with your wife, dude? So he says, you know what? I work for that armored uh, truck thing and you're a criminal. I was bringing you a heist. I went to her to tell you that I got a perfect crime. So, all right, we're going to do the heist then. They decide to start planning right off the bat. And, you know, all throughout, separately, Anna and Steve kind of try to slip away. But Dundee just won't let him absolutely at all. And now we meet Finchley. He's an old pro. He's done this before. And he helps with the planning in exchange for some really good booze. Yes. Finchley played by Alan Napier. And he played Alfred in Batman, the 66 series. There you go. So there's your connection. Yep. I was psyched to see him. As and they're paying. They're basically paying off his debts too. He had some debts to, to I think, to like a either like a liquor place or something like that. Something like that. And yeah. That was part of the deal of him coming in. Was yeah, they were paying his debts. And they make a mention of it. That and he's he, playing think, chess when you meet him too, right? Or some kind of game. Was it just something intellectual? Like they, they're showing at his that, desk. Yeah, I, I forget what. I don't know if it actually like I could. I didn't like hone in on what he was doing. But he's yeah, doing something. Like that, yeah, yeah, but he's clearly this guy is he's a genius. You know, he, yeah. he knows what he's doing. And he loves booze. And he refuses to drink until the whole thing has been planned. Yes. He's a smart man in that regard. Steve and Anna finally get a moment together when they're off to the side in the kitchen. And they're trying to figure out, what are we going to do after this crime? As the planning goes on, it turns out that they need someone to pick up this ice cream truck that they've decided to get into this. Mm -hmm. And Steve says, hey, I know Anna. I'm going to go with her. I don't know you guys. So that's fine. We've got the thing planned out. Finchley can finally have his drink. Mm. Bottoms up, Dan. Yep. So now we finally cut back to the present. Hey, oh, whoa, here it is. We finally connected it. And the heist is about to go down in five minutes. 
Pop, he sees someone behind him trailing him, and you know, he's, the whole time, Pop knew what he was doing. you got to listen yeah. to Pop. But Steve talks him out of him. He's like, no, 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 that's fine, even though it totally is. Uh, we see the ice cream truck here with the Happy Days guy, <laughs> as he's now referred to. He's like, with the kids, like, actually selling ice cream. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of, do you, do you ever see, are, are you a fan of Armed and Dangerous with, with John Candy and Eugene Levy? Have we talked about oh, yeah. that before? And Meg Love Ryan, that movie. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of the end of that movie because remember they had like the, the, there's like the ice cream truck and then there's the armored car. There's, 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 I mean, it could be completely coincidence, but I, I had that vision in my head. Note for note, the same movie, Derek. Yeah, like was Armed and Dangerous just a remake almost or an homage to that? Maybe, I don't know. Let's ask John Candy. Yeah, I've, I wish. But I love that movie. I love that movie when I was a kid. I I was a huge fan of that movie when I was a kid. It's a good one, yeah. It was on all the time, too. It still is, I feel like. I feel like I haven't watched it in a while, but every time I watch that movie, I just get the same feeling. Like, it's just like, I just love everything about this movie. Like, the the cast, the the plot, just the jokes are great. Like, the the, the two of them together is always great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why you're there. So, the the heist goes down. There's all these smoke bombs. It's very eerie. Everyone's wearing gas masks. Oh, well, I was about to ask, did this, how does this rank for you on your fog scale? Not, it, I mean, it's artificial fox, but yeah. I, I still like it. I love, I love that it adds to the chaos and the mayhem of, yeah. you know, after the explosion happens. And you kind of see, like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you kind of know what's going to happen, but you don't. And then, obviously, it gets worse and worse, and you know, things kind of go awry. But I do like how ominous it is when once they start putting on the gas masks and they're kind of going in, and you see some of, like, the the piecemeal like fighting and struggling that's going on yeah. when the, ch- the, you know, when the, the crisscross or one of the main crisscrosses happens. <laughs> the whole uh, thing's a crisscross. Yeah. But We're this is a pretty big, in time. But yeah, I this is, is a pretty big crisscross though. This is all caps lock crisscross. Yeah. Yes. I, Cause at I one agree. point he said, you know, he, he made it a condition with slim saying that, you know, you know, nothing happens to pops in this. And he's like, well, you're the boss. He keeps getting on that line. But really, Slim's the boss. You know, he's, he's, yeah, Pops is the first to go. Yes. And that's when, yeah, a lot of shooting goes down. Henchmen are going Struggling, down. fighting. And yeah. then eventually it's just Steve and Dundee just going at each other and shooting at each other. Dundee gets away and Steve ends up in the hospital. Yeah. I would well, say that's my... shot in the arm, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. he's, he's going to be in a cast right, in the sling, bit. Yeah. yeah, I'd say that's my favorite scene in the entire movie, other than oh, yeah. just the stuff with Steve and Anna. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's great setup. Great. Like when, once they, they pull into that, that area, when you see like the, the men working, you're like, you know, people are just going about their day. You're like, you, you as the audience knows, like something's about to go down. <laughs> yep. They don't know. It, nobody knows. And it's going to get wild. So it's, it's what elevates it to a great movie. Because, you know, most of the movies, all of these movies that we watch, like have everything without this scene. And yeah. they're still very, very good. And you take this scene out of this movie. It's still good. Yeah, or you just make it like a whatever heist, but that's just it. Truly elevates it to like you got to see this thing; it rules. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, now we're in the hospital. He's you know again, you got the nice little fade in, fade out. Good editing in this one. Uh, Pete's there, and Steve's talking with Pete, and he's saying, you know, hey, you're a hero. Couldn't say he's saying, what's going on, with Pop? Pop's dead. You couldn't have done anything. You, you tried to do what you can. Nobody suspects that he was in on it. Mm-hmm. And Pete was like, I should have been a better friend and just stopped you any way I could. Should have beat you up if I had to. Mm-hmm. But Stevie's just not playing ball. And then Pete's like, well, if Anna betrayed you, someone's going to be waiting out there to kill you. And there is a man out there. 
he says that he's there visiting his wife, who was in a car accident that he caused. His name is Mr. Nelson from Bakersfield. There's a nurse who's very helpful mm-hmm. because he, Steve's a hero after all. And so uh, he gets him to come in there and Mr. Nelson and Steve, they spend some time together. I just want to mention that I love the usage of mirrors in this in these sequences of when, you know, she's cranking, he has to be elevated so he can see who's out in the hallway. Yeah. And, and then she cranks, you know, the old crank on the on the bed. And as he kind of slowly goes up, you and in his vantage point, you get to see this guy emerge on a bench. And even later on, when he leaves, which we'll get to, you, the, your your main view site is through the mirror. Yep. Uh, out, out going outside of the room. So I, I definitely like that a lot. Yeah, because we're wondering, is somebody waiting out there? And there certainly is. But and who, and who are they? But it's Mr. Nelson, and he seems all right. Exactly. You know, seems like a good guy. So, hey, why not feel safe enough to go to sleep? Steve passes out, and then we say, uh-oh, Nelson, he's, he's, he's a bad guy. He's up to he, something. He's up to something. He runs out. He gets a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and there's something wrapped around, and it's clothes. And he wakes yeah. up, wakes up Steve, and he says, hey, come on. Dundee wants to see you. Here's your clothes. Get dressed. He played me. I will give the, that guy this. He, he plays it very convincing because even I, it's been a while since I watched it. And that still kind of like surprised me. I forgot that, you know, I, I couldn't remember if, if he it was actually, a fake out. Yeah. Yeah. If it was a fake out, but he, he does it very well. Cause like, it is really convincing. Cause you're again, you're in his, in Burt Lancaster shoes and you're thinking like, Oh yeah. I, like at first you're like, you have this heightened sense where you're like, okay, like, is this guy legit or not? Like, what's this guy's deal? But you start to kind of get lulled into, like, a false sense of security of, like, okay, yeah, this guy's harmless. Like, he's legitimately here for his wife or whatever. Yep. And then that's not the case. He tricked us. He tricked Burt Lancaster. Good job, Robert Osterlow as Mr. Nelson. You really killed it. He made a lot of that short scene. And and he's good throughout. So, yeah, he starts cutting him down, you know, cutting his sling down. And he, he's in so, Steve's in so much pain that he passes out again. And then he wakes up in the car with Mr. Nelson driving. Yes. And he's like, I'm going to give you 10 grand. Just take me over to see Anna. And it works. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, 10 grand sounds great. Uh-huh. And it was a good call because he gets this money and he gets out right in the fucking nick of time. So yep. happy ending for Mr. Nelson. Totally deserved it. And they're at this, uh, you know, the, the house that they've been, they were talking about earlier. And uh, was it Palace Verde? That, that they're supposed to meet up with early on in the movie and they find, and she's waiting there for him. And she's not happy to see him. No. And this is where there's a bit of a turn. Yes. And this is what I'll ask you, Dan, because she's mm-hmm. saying she, Anna sees him as do- dead weight. You know, he's like, you barely move. Yes. She, she wants to bail on him and, and revealing herself that she never really loved Steve and that she's in it for the money. Is this how you felt about her the whole time? As far as like, did this come to a surprise to me? Yeah, did you think that the whole time she never loved him, or do you think maybe she did love him? I think she definitely did. I think it probably waned a lot by this point. I think she still had some type of feelings for him, but I don't think it was as strong as you might think, like not necessarily like truly fully in love. I think she kind of, I think she had changed a lot. I think they both had changed, and I feel like it couldn't couldn't be. She realized that there was a toxic relationship and was trying to do better for her life, and whereas Steve was just trying to go backwards. He was trying to rekindle it, yeah. 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 There you go. So she's going to leave, but then right when she's heading out, here's Dundee. Some pretty blood-curdling uh, screams, though. I remember yep. it, it, it shocks And then you, you just get that dark door, and it takes a moment for him to be revealed, and he comes in. He's got that cane. Yeah. He is pissed. Right. Because, yeah, again, yeah, he was injured. They said he was okay, but he was injured. Yeah, because he clearly the... got shot. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, when she's leaving before the scream, there's that really great shot of a sullen Steve in the window with the sea behind mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. That, that was a wonderful frame. It really, mm-hmm. really showed the loneliness and despair. So, yeah, Dundee found him. He's got his cane, and uh, he says, hey, Steve. Hold it. Hold it tight. And then he fucking guns him down. Yep. <laughs> it's so brutal. And then just walks out. <laughs> and then heads out. And he turns around, but then you can hear the cops... And it just focuses on his face and uh, the acting he's doing with just that look. He knows he's boned. And then it just cuts to one last shot of the dead lovers. Then it's the end. Yep. We did it. We did it. We crisped. We crossed. Now we know who's the boss. It's not Tony Danza. That's for sure. Benjamin. Benjamin. Wasn't that the son's name? Oh, on on that show? Yeah. I don't remember. It's been so long since I watched that show. I think it was Benjamin. Probably. That sounds right. Yeah, we'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> our listeners um, our listeners can email us and let us know <laughs> yes you know what they don't email us about anything else but who's the boss and we're gonna get them yeah we're not gonna look it up either just yeah tell us no i refuse i i if i want tony danza i'm watching taxi that's it no if i want tony danza i want the the field goal kicking garbage <laughs> episode uh, i mean a uh, film from disney remember that oh he, yeah he was a garbage man and he started kicking field goals for the philadelphia eagles Still great Garbage Man cinema. in our hearts. Yeah, yeah, great, great cinema. Uh, we love Garbage Man movies. Yes, we do. That's a letterbox also someone needs to make. Yes. So this movie was supposed to be produced by Mark Hellinger, but he actually died of a heart attack suddenly in 1947, right after completing The Naked City. Oof. So that was a bummer. Yeah, good movie. Yeah, no, worth it. <laughs> and so, yeah, they worked together. Uh, the director, what, what was his name, Dan? Richard, uh, I mean, is it Richard Seinmach or Robert? Robert, 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 Robert yeah. Seinmach. Yeah, yeah. I can right. give you the first name. Yes. So, yeah, John he directed right. The Killers from 1946, which we'll get to, which again was Burt Lancaster's screen debut. And, and Phantom based- Lady, which I love. Yeah. This was movie was also remade in 1995 as The Underneath from Steven Soderbergh and stars Peter Gallagher. I saw that. I have never seen that movie, though. I, I did hear about that. I'd be curious to see yeah. it. I, I like Soderbergh mostly. Yeah, same. Not a big Peter Gallagher fan, though. Yeah, interesting casting, yeah. Yeah, 95 is a weird time for Soderbergh, too. Like, Yeah, I was going to say, it's very early. Yeah. The following, following was like 98, I think, right? Because I think I thought that was like one of the earliest ones. And maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that was like the, one of his earliest ones. And that's one of the earliest ones I think I've seen of his. Well, Sex, Lies, and Videotape was the first one, right? Oh, you know what? I'm confusing it with, with Chris Nolan. <laughs> my bad. I was going to say The Following. Yeah, that's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, that's right. My bad. All good. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what's the first. Uh, I mean, Sex, Lies, and Videotape is great too. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what his first movie was. I'm looking it up now. Soderbergh. Yeah, was it Sex? I Lies think I believe that was his debut. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a big deal. And, and what, King, wasn't Gallagher and in that? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not. Maybe not as a star, but I, I want to say he, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. So James, you know what? That makes a lot more sense then. Yeah. I was thinking about rewatching it. I haven't watched that in a while. Yeah. Didn't they, uh, there's a criterion of that, right? It is. Yeah, I, I have that. I have that version. It's very cool. Very great artwork. Yeah, I remember like that had yeah. design on that one. Yeah, I feel like that was a movie that like I, I like knew about but never watched all the way through. Sure. And then, you know, when you hear that name, like you think it's going to be like the super raunchy movie and it's like the most anticlimactic, but in a good, in the best way possible. Like I, I feel like it actually is a really good movie, and I think it's it's better than, you know, if you think it's just this, like, 
completely like debauchery. That reminds me of of this, uh, the Simpsons episode joke where Bart, he gets a fake license and they go to an R-rated movie and they go to see Naked Lunch. Oh yeah, yeah. I do do know of that, yeah. And then yeah, Nelson's like, I can think of about two things wrong with that title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a big surprise for anyone that doesn't know what that is, yes. Oh yes. So Burt Lancaster, he was very political. Him and his second wife, Norma, actually hosted a fundraiser for Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. He also, in 1985, joined the fight against AIDS after fellow movie star Rock Hudson had gotten the disease. Mm -hmm. And he actually delivered the bedridden Hudson's last words at the Commitment to Life fundraiser Mm -hmm. at the time when the stigma surrounding AIDS was at its height. And he was actually the only major male star who attended. Wow. And SAG president Ed Asner said he showed everybody in Hollywood, quote, how to be a liberal with balls. <laughs> That's quite a quote. I love Ed Asner. He rules. Yeah. Still with us. It's, I saw after, um, oh, I forgot his name, but the, the, the guy that played, uh, oh my God, Murray Slaughter on Mary Tyler Moore died recently. Oh, also yeah. was on the love boat. Oh, you're talking about, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, right. Hold on, because I'm a huge Love Boat fan, and my 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 brain is. Uh, and I'm a huge MTM fan, and I'm yeah, blowing it. Our our brains are just not working anymore. It's been a long day slash episode. I'm gonna look it up right now because I know I'm gonna I'm gonna be mad at myself. Of course, when I type I type I, I type in Love Boat Captain, it's just the song by Pearl Jam. Ugh. Gavin McLeod. Yeah. Gavin McLeod. Yeah. Yes. Ed Asner on Twitter like said. he's like it's just you and me now betty to betty white like because they're the only cast members left yeah and they're both like in their 90s i say yeah betty betty white's still going yeah and ed asner yeah shout out to them we love them so on the opposite end of that political spectrum as i had alluded to we got yvonne de carlo she also played lily munster of course on the hit tv show the munsters Mm -hmm. Her, her claim to fame but she was super republican she actually stated in an interview with the CBC from 1976, quote, I'm all for men, and I think they ought to stay up there and be the bosses and have women wait on them hand and foot and put their slippers on and hand them the pipe and serve seven-course meals. As long as they open the door, support the woman, and do their duty in the bedroom, etc." Speaking of quotes. Yeah. Wow. So... Turns out uh, Lily Munster was a real monster. Ooh. I, I bet you've been waiting all episodes to say that one. Dan, I have to say I just came up with it. Wow. Look at that. Daniel um, Fuchs. Good name. <laughs> I wish I said fucks and had you said Fuchs. <laughs> That's my regret of this episode. He wrote Panic in the Streets from 1950 and a lot of other film noir. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. But he did win an Oscar for Best Story in 1955 for the musical Love Me or Leave Me. Okay. We did mention Brute Force from 1947. We're going to get Lancaster and DiCarlo back reunited. We'll get to it. Dan Dury! All right. (laughs) That's how I'm going to say it. I got a quote from him, Dan. Okay. When he was interviewed by Hedda Hopper, you know her, right? I do. Gossip lady. Gossip queen, yeah. Actually, uh, I've mentioned this podcast before, but you must remember this. I think it's still running, but they're doing a the series right now is on Hedda Hopper and one of the other gossip people. I forgot her name, Edna something, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Hedda Hopper interviewed Dan Derrier in the early fifties. And he spoke of his career goals and preparation for roles saying, quote, well, first of all, let's set the stage or goal. I, sh- I wish I could do a good impression of his voice. It's too distinctive, but mm. <laughs> I set for myself when I decided to become an actor, 
not just an actor, but a successful one. I looked in the mirror and knew with my puss and 155-pound weakling body, I couldn't pass for a leading man and I had to be different. And I sure had to be courageous. So I chose to be the meanest SOB in the movies. Strictly against my mild nature, as I'm an ordinary, peace-loving husband and father. Inasmuch as I admired fine actors like Richard Widmark, Victor Mature, Robert Mitchum, and others who had made their early marks in the dark, sordid, and guilt-ridden world of film noir, here, indeed, was a market for my talents, end quote. He died of cancer in June 7, 1968, the age of 61, and the New York Times tellingly noted in the passing uh, that he, he was, quote, a heel with sex appeal. <laughs> I like that rhyme. In the New Pretty York good. Times, of all things. Yes. And that's it. That's all I got. Cool. Good movie. Check it good, out. Great. Good movie, yeah. Good Definitely movie and also uh, great Blu-ray. You know, it's a really yes. a great package you're not going to feel bad about. They got a commentary on here that I'm sure I'll never listen to, but that's mm-hmm. great that it's there. Jim Hemphill, maybe a listener of the show. <laughs> if be. you are, we'll listen to it. If not, no thank you, sir. Probably not. They got a trailer on here. You got some stills. I mean, they really, they went for it on this one. It's a good package. Non-offensive cover. It's the poster. And even on the inside, you got film images. They didn't skimp on like a blank, you know, inside cover. No, I I like it. Yeah. Yeah, Great shout select. Yeah, you're not going to regret getting this one. So definitely worth going the full Blu-ray purchase on this one. Agreed. Yeah, great movie. Definitely recommend. Yes, it deserves its ranking of one of the best. Speaking of one of the best, we're coming back next week and we're going to be bright in, is it Technicolor? Some sort of color. I believe Technicolor on this one. I don't remember which movie it is. You guys surprised me. We'll find out what type of color next week or our discussion of all the Bill and Ted's with Dan, but we'll be talking Vertigo from 1958. Vertigo, a feeling of dizziness, a swimming in the head. Figuratively, a state in which all things seem to be engulfed in a whirlpool of terror, as created by Alfred Hitchcock in the story that gives new meaning to the word suspense. I don't want to die. There's someone inside me. She says I must die. Scotty, don't let me go. A beautiful girl haunted by the desperate, unexplainable urge to destroy herself. A man possessed by the paralyzing vertigo that made him afraid of high places. Easy now. I know, I know. Ah, well, this is a cinch. Here, I look up, I look down. I look up, I look... What was the strange attraction that brought these two together in spite of the dark forces that tore them apart? The specter from the past that drew her to the ancient headstone in the mission graveyard. The compulsion that drove her relentlessly to the point of no return. The story of a love so powerful it broke down all barriers between past and present, between life and death, between the golden girl in the dark tower and the tawdry redhead that he tried to remake in her image. If I let you change me, will that do it? If I do what you tell me, will you love me? Yes. All right. All right, then I'll do it. They don't care anymore about me.
believe it is Technicolor. Yeah, I, I, I it think is. it is yeah. Technicolor. Yeah. Yes. I Are forgot that Vertigo. I forgot that Vertigo was next weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We we shuffled a couple things, and you know. No, I like we, it. It is our first Hitchcock, so. It's our first Hitchcock. Absolutely not our last. Fun to be back in color. This one's a classic. What do we think about it? Do we like it? Do the lads enjoy this one? Why don't you come back next week and find out? We'll have a jam-packed episode full of reviews. We got that. We got Dan watching Bill and Ted, hopefully. And then we'll see if we're making a dual purchase of blank check as a rule. <laughs> so many things to look forward to. So much to look for. I, uh, next week, we're breaking off the second half of the year. We did it. I can't believe we've done a half a year of these, Dan. I, yeah. We kind of yeah, glossed yeah. over that as we were talking about it, but that's crazy. Yeah. I thought we would have peter- we would have petered out by episode ten, but we're we're doing great. We're on the rise. It seems to be a real gosh darn podcast. You know what you do with those kind of things too? I feel like you go to like iTunes and you like rate and review it and you subscribe wherever you listen to that thing. So you should probably do that with this podcast if you're feeling up to it. And while you're using your uh, smartphone or tablet or computer or sending smoke signals why don't you send one of those smoke signals to the real out of the podcast at gmail.com out of the podcast on twitter instagram and uh out of the cast on or, or out of the cast on twitter facebook has uh, out of the podcast those ones we don't even post on just worry about instagram yes we'll post on those other ones once we get famous we've always said that so we're just parked in there for now it's a real go daddy yeah or at least when we get some emails <laughs> <laughs> yeah instead of like emails from people just trying to get on the show that we don't want them yeah get out of here <laughs> <laughs> hey you know that show that has no guests you want to have me on it no no we're here to talk about movies you crumb bum <laughs> all right dan well we're off to enjoy the weekend it's going to be a great weekend we got the air conditioner on i'm gonna do a little drawing i think tonight oh nice bust out the old pencil actually just got a assignment from a band to do artwork for their new single so that's exciting very cool it was a good single too i'm uh, hopefully i can do it again i've worked with this band once before can he do it again maybe we'll have that news next week too yeah come back vertigo you're gonna be so dizzy with all these uh excitement and details could you're be a long, long episode <laughs> it could be and this one's starting to be long too so why don't we wrap it up dan sounds good Good to see you, my friend. I look forward to seeing you again. I hope you have a great week up until we speak again. I'm so looking forward to it. In the meantime, here's the crime. Here's the crime. Reading. <laughs>